0: welcome to the mavens do it better podcast and now your host heather newman
1: hello everyone here we are again for another episode of the mavens do it better podcast and i could not be more excited today to have on a dear friend a mentor a powerhouse nancy mcsherry jensen hello nancy hey heather thanks for having me on Absolutely. Nancy, where are you coming to us today from? I am here in rainy, soon to be snowy Seattle. <laughs> Excellent. And uh I am coming to you from uh, Marina Del Rey where it's a little bit more sunny than rainy and so. Oh, just sure. rub it so in. So, more, sorry. Don't so you? sorry, so sorry. Oh <laughs> uh, awesome. Well Nancy and I uh got to catch up recently and um gosh, we have a we have a bit of a history, I think, together. You do yeah, so uh everyone nancy uh when i have written a couple of pieces about Nancy and also about my career, and uh i have a lot of times I've said it's all your fault yeah. and, <laughs> and I mean that in the best most positive way ever um yeah. because nancy uh gave me my first job working in and around Microsoft on the SharePoint team, so Back in the day, it was uh, well deserved. Let me tell you. <laughs> well, you, I, and, and Nancy's done so many things, and and has got a, a beautiful business that we definitely want to talk about. And uh, but I thought maybe I'd I, we we do a little origin history uh, first to start out, and maybe uh, so. Will you tell tell everybody about your your initial roles at, back at Microsoft, and then getting sure. into the SharePoint team as well?
0: Yeah, you bet. Um, so. <laughs> I started my career actually in market research. Um, I was goofing around. I, I'm from New England, which you'll pick up on very quickly if you're listening. Uh, <laughs> um, and I worked at International Data Corporation and I opened up businesses for them on the East Coast. I moved to the West Coast because that's where all the software companies are. I had the opportunity to um, come work at Microsoft, and this is in the 90s when. I knew a couple of people who said, You'd be a great product manager. And I said, That sounds great. And I thought, What's a product manager? I mean, you might as well have <laughs> said, Would you like to be a mounted police officer? I'd say, That sounds great. Right. Um, and I, I had some idea. Um, the thing that worked out really well for me was, um, in many ways, I was in the right place at the right time. Yeah. You know, I had built this market research business, had a fabulous team that I worked with at IDC, both on the East and West coasts. And then I guess coming to Microsoft, I thought, when am I going to have the chance to be at a company that's moving at this incredible velocity right. um, and, and to be in an industry that's moving and changing so incredibly fast? And so I just sort of took the jump um, and I thought, if I don't like it, I can leave. And uh, I lasted about 13 years, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and, I, uh, my, and it's like my career at Microsoft was in, two, was in two halves. The first half, I worked in operating systems and servers, and I did a variety of roles there. Um, and then the second half of my career, as you said, um, was working on SharePoint. And so I had the tremendous fortune to work um, on that business um, from its inception. So, uh, and I worked on the market development and on the, uh, product management and product planning side. So I was able to work with the development team and early customers and partners on what's the problem space and what's the problem we're trying to solve all the way out to launching the product in the market, growing it, growing it again. And then, um, you know of course it's a billion dollar business today so i think the biggest thing for me working on that business one i could see how it was changing how people worked in a positive way um and two and heather you and i have talked about this it was mm-hmm. an incredible team um yeah. and i found you know through my career that when you are on a team, it's like rowing. When you've got, if anybody rows, if you're in a boat and you've got swing, everything's going at the same time. And I had the fortune three times, at least in my career, where I've been on teams where you have that and the SharePoint team absolutely was one of them.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And so when you came on, we were uh, getting ready to launch, I think uh, the very, we are introducing the product to market and we needed customer references and we you know that's that's something that in the enterprise space you have to do right company a isn't going to buy unless they see company b doing it and we needed to hustle that up really fast and that's somebody oh andy my husband said you know i think my friend heather is looking for work and she's really talented and so i thought well we'll see what we can do and i said heather can you do these customer case studies and references for me. And I thought, well, let's see what she can get done in three months. And
1: like five weeks later, you came in and said, okay, I'm done.
0: What else do you have for me?
1: (laughs) Yeah. I was pretty excited about the job. So yeah. Yeah, And I think it was the first 125 case studies written. It was. Yeah. About the, uh, about the product. And do you remember uh, I've shared the story before, but do you remember the day that I was trying to delete one of them and I ended up deleting all of them and I had to go to yes. <laughs> the guys in the lab? Simeon was in there, who's my yes. partner, the business partner and Lonnie Lippold and a few other guys. And I was like, I'm about to get fired. Why <laughs> isn't there an undelete, undo something button that yes. brings us stuff back? And uh, so I think we contributed to the uh, recycle bin.
0: I do remember this. And I remember you were so panicked and I was like, well, I'm pretty sure we can go to an earlier build and retrieve that. Yeah. yeah, But those are the, I mean, and those are the things I think that, you know, in hindsight, you look at that and you think, oh my
1: God, how am I going to scramble out of this? And and that's how to learn. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the build of brand new product too. Yeah. I mean, in thinking in hindsight, it's like, well, of course somebody's going to try and delete something and potentially delete more than they wanted or whatever, you know, and, and so that's, uh, that was kind of a fun fact. Yeah. And, um, your wonderful husband, Andy. So uh, listeners, Andy and I went to theater school together at the University of Washington School of Drama. And so, um, he and I knew each other from college days, and that's how I got to meet Nancy. And it's been such a delight, um, from the moment we met so I thank you thank you for that opportunity because that's brought me to where I sit in this very moment today so really well
0: I, you know Heather I think it's one of those things um everybody needs a break in their career and you know I got two or three really good ones and it's you know when I went to IBC my boss Aaron Goldberg was the person who basically took a bet on me and uh I had a colleague Valerie Rice who referred me to the job and in you know after I got the job and I was doing it and I asked him and I said you know why did you hire me and he goes oh you were just like a missile of unfocused energy and I knew that if I put you on this you were gonna make it go and but he took a bet on me right and I think that everybody needs that in their career which someone's gonna look at you and say I think you can do this and you know, make the best of the opportunity and do it to the very best of your ability. And so I, you know, I'm delighted to have been that catalyst for you, but I've had that break a couple of times in yeah. my career and I'm grateful for it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I, I talk a lot about sparks and moments and, and what was, you know, what are the sparks that lead us to who we are? Or can you pinpoint moments? Cause we often, we, we don't, I don't know i think we do often gloss over some of those things right we don't oh. realize that something's a moment you know and you're like wait a minute if i look back that thing that happened and it sometimes it's a book a person of this or that and but they're like that's the crux of something that really truly changes the, the direction of your life you absolutely know? and it's funny knowing that we were going to
0: talk i was i was thinking about this and for me it was right before I interviewed at IDC, I was working at a trade magazine called Electronic Business. And my jo- one of my many jobs, uh, none of which I did particularly well, um, but, uh, um, I, it wasn't, I wasn't perfectly tuned to that career. Um, but one of them um, was we did the top lists, right? Top defense electronics, uh, top this, top that. And I was working on the top venture capitalists list. And so what we were, you know, they, the editor said, Oh, people really like these lists. And I, I, anyway, I was calling all these VC firms and saying, how many clients do you have? What's your market cap? Um, and I got up early one morning because there were a couple that I needed to get in. And I ended up getting this guy named Sandy Weil on the phone and anybody in finance knows that Sandy Weil was one of like the big name financiers, in the late 80s and early 90s. And I just got up early and called him at 7.30 in the morning. And I couldn't believe that I had him on the phone. I figured I'd talk to his assistant. And so he took a half an hour and talked to me. And I said, well, Mr. Weil, how did you get into venture capital? And what is it that you do? And what are you looking for? And he just laid out in very simple terms how the business worked. And I said, but where do you get the money To get into venture capital. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and I mean, Heather, I was like right out of school, up to my ears in college loans. And he gave me incredible advice. And he was like, Nancy, pay off your college loans. Don't buy a car until you can afford it. And he said, For you, get yourself out of debt and then go get a job that's going to pay you you know, enough money that you can sock half of it away every year for five years, and that should give you a quarter of a million dollars, and then you can choose to invest that. I have venture capital on my horizon now. At the time, I was like, that's great advice, and I mean, saying, oh, put a quarter of a million dollars away. I was like, oh, you might as well tell me to buy a pony, Um, (laughs) but I did. I took his, and I, and he said, you know, you might, in real estate. That's a great way to turn money fast. I couldn't believe that this guy who's worth billions of dollars was talking to me on the phone about how he got his career start, what he thought I should do. Um, yeah. and then he did give me the data points for his firm and we got off the phone. It was a lovely conversation. And then I went into the editor of the magazine. I said, guess who I just talked to, Sandy Weil. And the editor was like, oh my God, can you write it up for an interview? I'm like, no, that would betray <laughs> his trust.
1: <laughs> but that's a gem right there, right? Totally.
0: And and Heather, you know, it really made me think about money and the role of money and, why I was working and what it was going to do for me in this very different way. Mm-hmm. And, and you're right. And, you know, at the time I was just like, Oh, I'm on deadline. I have to create this thing in hindsight. It, it, that, that conversation sticks with me even today.
1: Yeah. No, yeah. that's amazing. And, you know, I think that's uh, kind of leads into, what you're doing now and i know you know you've done a, a number of things since leaving mm-hmm. microsoft and andy and i both have gone you know to the university of washington and you've done, you've been a teacher there and mm-hmm. and you've done a lot of those things as well and and i think that's also led into this new beautiful Um, company and business that you have, that's called The Swing Shift. Um, Would you tell everybody a little bit about what that, because that sort of leads into like when giving people opportunities and having sparks and and finding somebody that takes you to that next level, and The Swing Shift is just, everyone, it's so cool, and please tell everybody about that, too. Oh, well, yeah, so
0: The Swing Shift is, uh, we are a product and service business. Uh, We work with women who are in career transition, um, it turns out that 45% of American women take breaks from their careers, right? They go home to take care of their families, whether it's their kids or their parents, maybe their own health, or maybe they just take a break to travel. Whatever the reason is, almost half of American women do this. And when wow. they go back, yeah, it's huge. It's like I didn't 70, realize that, yeah. It's, it's 77 million women right now in the US.
1: 77 million? Yeah. Holy and cow, okay. When
0: they go back, there are tremendous barriers in their way. Um, There's technology barriers, right? For women Mm -hmm. particularly that are gonna go to a company, um, companies use applicant tracking systems and other HR tools which stack um, candidates based on the recency of their experience and the relevancy of their skills. And so for somebody who's been home for three to five or maybe more years, they're automatically booted out of the system. So that's one. Um, there's also a, a, a human hiring bias. There's a ton of studies that show that hiring managers would rather hire somebody who was fired or laid off than a woman who went home to take care of her kids, regardless of her professional success prior to no going. No it's appalling. Wow. Um, and and that, that's very real human bias, right? And, mm-hmm. and so you've got it on the technology side. You've got it on the hiring side. And, and I find this an interesting data point that, you know, while HR departments are working hard um, to rebalance uh, the, the constituencies in their companies, most HR organizations are run by women. Um, and, and so I don't, I haven't dug real far into that, but, um, there's a lot, there's a lot of work to do, um, in terms of reincorporating, um, the women who leave back into, to, into the workforce. So, um, we at the swing shift, we work with consumers primarily. So we work with the women who have left and they want to go back. Um, because there are some gaps, right? If you go away and you've been on the playground and you've been in a nursing home or you've been out of the country or doing something else, when it's time to go back to work, things have changed a little bit. How you look for a job has yeah. changed, you know, um, and it changes all the time. Um, you need a set of, uh, sk- you need a set of tools, right? You need a resume, you need a LinkedIn profile, you need a pitch, believe it or not. That's, this is something... Yeah. Um, you don't really think about, but you need to be able to talk about this, right? You need connections of community, right? The 85% of jobs are obtained through a personal connection. Why? Because you have to go around the tools and the biases uh, Mm -hmm. that I talked about at the beginning. Um, and so you need to know, well, who's hiring? What's, what are, um, interesting and relevant roles. Just And some of it, are, it's things like 20 years ago, you had a technical writer. Well, now you're a content lead. If you right. did technical writing 10 years ago, you can be a content lead now, but you better put content lead into the conversation so it's like throwing a ball, and catching the ball, right? You, yeah. the that you're talking to they want you want them to nod and go, oh yeah, oh yeah, I, you know how to do this.
1: Right Well, it's like the lingo and the terminology has changed. And if you're not up on the latest sort of how we talk about stuff, then you seem antiquated and like you, you don't have your pulse on the zeitgeist of jobs, right? That's right.
0: that's right. Um, and, and then you know, of course, there's negotiation. You know there's interview prep there, and because that's changed too, a lot of interviews are done online right? People do, you know, they use Zoom or Skype or, you know, Google Hangouts, um, at yep. least for preliminary interviews. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then uh, how do you negotiate uh, an, uh, I'm trying to find the right word, an appropriate compensation package, you know, and there's some right. push and pull there, right? Because when you've been out for a while, your perceived value goes down. Like, so if you made $100,000 this year, you step away next year, you're only going to be able to come in 96000 And it's compounded. So each year it goes down. That said, if you're being considered for a role, you want to be paid properly and appropriately for that role. So how do you negotiate that? And so, you know, we, Sarah Denwald, my business partner and I started the business and we thought, Oh, we're going to run this little program twice a year. My son had gotten into kindergarten. Her kids were really little at the time. And we were, I was using it as a way to get back into, um, back into the workforce. I had taken a five-year break. Sarah had worked continuously. I think she wanted to scale back for a little while. And so we started with this five, you know, this multi-week program. Um, and very quickly, we saw that there was tremendous demand. So we incorporated workshops. We have one-on-one consulting. Um, we have a lot of public speaking. We are looking to grow. We're getting ready to tour um, with the Microsoft Alumni Network. We're working on a book with HarperCollins Leadership. Um, yeah, it. Yeah, and an e-learning series um, that'll that's going to launch in January of 2021. Um, and so it's good that it's raining here in Seattle because it makes us stay in and write. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, you know, when when you look at the numbers and you look at the challenge, you know, there's all these women out there that have worked. They want to go back, um, and they need a little hand to get back in and yeah. so we just we we give them that we give them yeah that. yeah we just we just say look while you're away this is what's happened let's get you back up to speed and then and it's amazing to see what they've done
1: yeah I love that while you were away it's kind of like I was on hiatus you know yeah. like they do in television right
0: that's right right
1: <laughs> Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think, you know, and I know that you do you, you, for those who've been away and then those who are in between or looking to make a change or change industries and that stuff is a big part of what you do as well. Right? It, it is right where
0: it's about half and half. You know, we started yeah. working with the uh, folks who had been off and wanted to come back, um, but we work just as much with people who are switching roles or careers. And believe it or not, um, like 20 or 25% of our, our uh, workshop and uh, consulting clientele is male, right? Really? Guys, guys stay yeah. home too, not as often yeah. as women, but they do. Right. Yeah. For this, yes. And for somewhat different reasons. I mean, for the guys, it's more they're taking care of their parents, right? And then kids. For women, it's like, seven, it's like 67% of the time it's kids.
1: Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's interesting. And I know that, you know, with, um, cause I lived in Seattle for a long time, went to UW worked, you know, and Nancy's in Seattle as well. And so, you know, a big contingency of what you're doing is in Seattle, but it's really exciting, you know, to, to, to hear that, you know, there's, you're looking to grow and that you're, you know, going right. to bring this to other cities and all of that. I think that's amazing. And, uh, I'm really looking forward to, uh, looking and seeing what's going on there, coming up, coming around and and working with you. I love it. So that's, that's exciting. Yeah. Um,
0: And it's, but I will say that, you know, having worked at a big place like Microsoft, you know, Mm -hmm. and starting your own business, there's many commonalities, right? What, like, who's your target customer? How big is the market? What does your customer want? How much are they willing to pay? All of those strategic issues are the same. Where it becomes very different is the number of zeros at the end of right. the, the P&L. And, yeah. you know, it's, I remember being at Microsoft and being very intimidated by those million-dollar P&Ls and then billion-dollar P&Ls, and I would look at them and really freak out. And um, Richard Smith, who was our um, finance guy at uh, SharePoint, said to me one day, just don't think about those zeros at the end. <laughs> It was great advice because I told him, I'm like, this is freaking me out,
1: dude. Yeah, completely. Well, and you and I were talking a little bit yesterday when we caught up about um, the SharePoint, you know, we really, we worked on it when it was a startup, you know, and I say that a lot when people are like, when did, I started in 2001 and it was a startup. It was inside of Microsoft, but it was still a startup. And we talked a little bit about the budget for that and that, you know, we didn't, you you were, we were talking and, and I was like, what kind of budget did we have? You know, like what what was and, and I and where people are like, oh SharePoint. I'm like, no, no, I don't think no, we no. had a big budget. No,
0: you know? we were like and, and in fact it, I I would have to go back and look. I have it written down somewhere, but at the time it w- there was a suite of uh server products and exchange yep. was the big dog. And in fact there was one of those internal t shirts that I think Brian Valentine had made up where <laughs> um, you know, there 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 was this giant dog that was exchanged and then there was SQL server and then i forget what the other two things and then the little yappy dog in the back was sharepoint right uh, and we we didn't we had enough to go do um some partner building and some customer lead generation um in advance of getting the project market because you have to do those things right
1: right um, yep.
0: but it was not it was not a very big it was not a very big marketing budget at
1: all. Yeah. Don't you think that, you know, with, because I I just got a chance to interview Jeff Teeper, who everyone is corporate Mm. vice president of SharePoint, OneDriveStream and all of that. And he was Nancy's boss back in the day-ish, you know, as far as the engineering team went, right? Right. Right?
0: Yeah, I reported up into his...
1: Yeah, his work, yeah. and as we all did, really, and um, as we all sort of still do now, in a way, those of us that are still in the SharePoint <laughs> game. But, um, but I had a chance to interview him at Microsoft Ignite when I was a community reporter, and we we just talked for like 25 minutes. And he's always so generous with his time. And we when we talk, we seem to do a lot of old school history talking too. You know, because mm-hmm. I'm I'm super in contact still with lots of people who are on sure. that original team, like you are. You know, like there was. Eight of us, I think it was. I remember correctly. I think that was the original team. That's right. It was a team of eight. Yeah. And I do think that the one thing that um, what I always loved about you and I iterating on things is that we had all of these like just bananas ideas and me with my theater and and you coming from your background, uh, I think, you know, we did a lot of things that, that Jeff ended up and the rest of the executives said yes to.
0: Well, and I think that goes down to people taking bets. Yeah. Right? They took a bet on us and they said, this is a different way of doing marketing. Yep. And we were a product that needed to break through. Yeah. And Stan, I, do you remember Stan Sorensen? Worked, I, worked, I had the pleasure of working with him on the exchange team. Yeah. Um, Stan one day said, you know, when you're launching a product at Microsoft, there's three audiences that you're launching it to. You're launching it to the internal audience, you are launching it to your partners and you're launching it to your customers. And you have to think on every iteration, who's my primary audience on this launch. And right. it's always changing. Right. Yep. But we, I mean, we had to do some things inside the company to get attention because we were the yappy dog.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and we needed to show um, we needed to show that, Oh, we didn't just make noise, but that we actually were going to have impact.
1: Absolutely. So thank you, Jeff, for saying, you know, yes to the Utila kilt, <laughs> which was hilarious. So a, a friend, a mutual friend of ours in the theater created the Utila kilt, which many of you know, um, you know, the, those kilts that are uh, like made out of canvas. And Nancy and I, we had Utila kilts made for the entire, I think it was the engineering team. Yep. And Kurt Delbeni said, I want one who, you know, was, uh, you know, one of the executives at the time, and he did, and it it must have been a tech-ready, and it was called something else at the time, but he wanted to do it William Wallace, you know, style, and he went up barefoot and wore a kilt, and then we all ran up in our kilts, like the warrior, you remember all
0: that? Yes, I do, and and, and the thing was, like, anytime, and you know this, anytime you're doing a marketing push, it's not just for the fun and the joy of it, right? You're sending a message. Yep and that and i think referring right to stan's remark right the mm-hmm. message we were sending is we are at war and we are yep. coming for you and we yeah. will do whatever it takes <laughs> to yeah. go get your attention get in the market and grow this business and it was absolutely i mean not to get too gory but i mean it was a graphic blood on the ground fight to get in that product was late to market it lacked key features um, it, it, and it was a very um, saturated marketplace at the time, and there were all these legacy, legacy systems—sure, big ones, um, big ones yeah. too—that were making lots of money. Were really established, and you know we were going in, and we couldn't go in and be apologetic.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah. We
0: had to go in and say, "No, here we are, and by the way, we are we are going to do whatever is needed, yeah. and
1: we want you to be a little bit afraid." <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, what, what's come out of that, as you know, and we talked about this too a little bit, is that, that, you know, the SharePoint community, and then now the larger Office 365 community, that word community, I mean, I've never been around a bunch of people that are so fierce about something that they love, mm-hmm. you know, and especially in the technology world. You well, know, and, you know,
0: part of it is their livelihoods depend upon it. But yeah, also, I think it's one of those game changing technologies. You know, there's many technologies. That's an iteration on something that already existed. Right. Right. Yep. But when you're looking at um, what at the time was a shared file drive, and it was more than that because it was much, much richer. And now of course, with the evolution of going on the cloud and the integration of OneDrive, Oh, look at me. I still know what's going on. At your um, <laughs> um, you know, it, it's still, the, the problem that is looking to solve remains the same. And when people are looking to solve problems, they tend to band together. Yeah, right. And, and yeah. I think that that speaks to it. But I also think it speaks to, you know, it speaks to the, to the richness of the product. And I think it, it's because there's been continuity in engagement. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, agreed. You know, yeah. I, 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 you and know, I had talked about this, but I just, I feel like I was very fortunate to have worked on that team
1: at the time that I did. It was great. Yeah, absolutely. And continuing to speak about technology and dipping back into swing shift a little bit Mm -hmm. is, as far as when, when people are going back um, and, you know, they're like, oh, I may be behind and, or haven't touched something in forever. I guess, what technologies are you seeing or, or are you prescribing, if you will? And I'm sure it's different. Industry and all of that stuff, but is there right. like a ubiquitous thread of like, you know what? You really must be proficient ish in these things that you see as far as coming back to work or getting back on the horse you Sure, know?
0: you know, well, and it, it, it depends on the role and it depends yeah. on the industry, right? I mean, sure. there are some industries that the, the the crank turns slower and that you know, um, I think about education as one
1: mm-hmm. Right,
0: that you know that it it's pretty stable um, things are slow to move. And if you've been out and you want to go back, it's pretty easy to get back in. Specific to technology, you have to, you have to look at what role you're in and what you're doing. So, you know, on the dev side, of course, what's the, what's the language du jour, right? Yep. From product management, what's the new, you know, ship technology? Is it mean Is it agile? You know, have you done yep. a stand-up meeting, right? What do those things mean? And it's yeah. easy to find this out. Um, you, you. when we work with folks, regardless of whether they're looking at a, uh, going back to a role or switching roles or industries, yep. there's I mean, just tons of uh, industry groups that you can go to. And what we suggest is that um, for any given industry or role that you go to a couple of those industry groups and it fills three purposes. One, it gets you up to speed really fast on yeah. what's going on right now. And it, it, it's in a very low profile way. You know, in your room, you're in a room with anywhere from 20 to 50 other people. Um, there's usually a speaker. There's usually a networking component. And that's the second element, right? When you're looking to go do something, you can talk to people. And it's a very low risk way of saying, yeah, I worked in this before. Now I'm looking to do something different. You mentioned something about this technology. Can you tell me more about that? And you're there to learn but we tell people go to two or three of these and you'll be pretty much up to speed. And you know, there's tons of online communities too. Um, we, in the, in our career catalyst program, that's our flagship program. We kind yep. of streamline that. We have, um, we, we get uh, technologists who come in and say, here's what's hot right now. So for example, Colleen O'Brien, who does a lot of work with M2, she's the marketing director at M12 ventures and she runs mm-hmm. the women in business podcast. Right. At Microsoft, um, she'll come in and say, "Okay, here's here's what's hot right now, right?" And she'll talk about dem yeah. tech, and she'll talk about AI and HR, and she'll talk about um, uh, other technologies, whatever is you know what they're seeing at the venture capital level, this, these are the things that people are coming in and talking about. And we're not, we're not having her talk to them about that with an eye towards, oh, you should go get a job in those industries, but to get people thinking about, oh, I worked in HR or I worked in you know, consumer products, and here's how I can take what I've done and transfer it to what people are talking about today. Really not that hard. But I will say there's a couple of things I wouldn't say they're non-negotiables, but you have to be comfortable working in the cloud, right? Um, For a lot of people, and I'd include myself in this. You know, I default to saving everything on my local hard drive, and (laughs) uh, you know, I mean that's just sort of ingrained. Um, And so we do um, we do have folks work with you know we just say look if you're not working on you know a cloud device. We and we have them work, and we've worked with OneDrive, and we've worked with Google, and we've worked with Adobe. You know, we have them try different technologies, not because we say you have to be an expert at this what we say is you have to be exposed to it so that when someone says, do you, are you comfortable working in the cloud? You can say yes and actually know what what it is you're talking about. Right.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um,
0: And I think that that's, and and because everything's up there now, everything is, you know, for license and it's hosted on a server farm in Moses Lake or in the Midwest, you know, but it (laughs) all seems the same on a local. So that, that's one thing. The second thing and right. And and this is a, a point in time. These remote team technologies, so everything from NS Teams to Slack, you know, this is there's more and more remote jobs, and that's good for women who have taken breaks, because many of them when they come back, there's they still have these other responsibilities that they're juggling, right? And right. having the ability to work remotely, even part time, is super important, and that is, it's absolutely um, enabled by. Team technologies. I, one of my um, jobs when I was coming back after a break is I worked at Sterling Communications down in Los Gatos, and mm-hmm. I was a remote employee and I lived on Slack. That's the technology they used for two years. And I would say I was pretty well integrated into the teams. You know, I had to physically go down and, and show up in the office every month or two, which yep. I was delighted to do because I loved team. I love the company. Um, mm-hmm. And the only reason I left, frankly, was because uh, I had to devote myself to this yeah. Um, Yeah, it, 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 I was, I, I remain a huge fan of that organization and Marianne O'Connor who runs it. Um, it but Slack, absolutely. And MS Teams, there's lots of these kinds of technologies out there. But that getting used to that way of working yes and managing the very interrupt driven aspect of it is important yeah right absolutely and so those are the things and i i do think um the third thing is like these personal devices i think are very interesting and and that's everything from you know your smartphone to your fitbit yeah absolutely right? and yeah. you know and, and you know those those i think of those as almost extensions of what you do, but they they are your productivity tools. And I I will have to say, and I'd be curious to see what you think about this, Heather i would say like your home, like the, your little echo dot or your google home device i think more and more those are becoming productivity tools as well i mean i use them or like if you've got a google nest i use that stuff when i'm you know because i'm i am living the dream i work i've got a startup i have a 9 year old and a 13 year old and so i race home to make dinner and i sit there and i grill alexa about like all kinds of crazy things. And it, it's everywhere from what's the synonym <laughs> because Joe's doing his homework and I'm like, right. what's the synonym for hearty? To right. what's the substitute for coconut oil? To <laughs> what's the weather gonna be like tomorrow? But that you know <laughs> you yeah. know and then sometimes I take the wait, wait, don't tell me listener quiz, right? Because yes. I get to empty my brain of this stuff. But you know, and that's the other thing I think podcasts, that's something that I talk with folks about, particularly in um, in our cohorts, um, where information is coming from is changing, right? I mean, yeah. yes, there's tons of stuff out on the web, but I, I mean, I don't, then maybe this is me. I don't have a lot of time to sit and read stuff. I gotta listen as I'm going and doing something else. Agreed, yeah. Right. And so yeah. that's the other places that I use, I listen to a lot of those things on those devices. And, that, and I would say with me, it's halftime on my, you know, on my Alexa device and halftime on my phone.
1: Yeah. No, absolutely. I you know. I I agree with you 100. percent. I mean, I think for me, it's Audible and podcasts for yeah. sure. Yeah. I also have that device that you just said, and if I say it, she's going to say something to me. Um, <laughs> I understand. Yes, um, uh, but yeah, I, I do. I mean, I have a Surface Pro six, and mm. I have an iPhone um, SX Max, and I run my two businesses and life. Mm from those two things and when i travel a lot as i do it's really exclusively my phone for the most part absolutely yeah
0: well and i think that's that's something that you and i have seen that technology change where 20 years ago you were pretty much anchored to your desktop yeah you know and now i mean i don't have a desktop machine in my house anymore it's my laptop and by the way and i will tell you that the majority of my work is done on a very thin client. Oh, I'm gonna geek out here. Um, it's done on a very thin client, and I code switch. I mean, we in our house, we have two Chromebooks and a Mac, and the kids, mm-hmm. for the most part, use Macs at school, but we also have a Windows machine. Yeah. You know, I mean, so w- w- I'm constantly going back and forth between these things, but I would say I spend 95% of my time in a browser rather than an app. And that's something that people take for granted today, but that's been a huge switch, a huge, oh, huge, huge, huge switch.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I, yeah, I do the same thing. I have two sort of giant moderners that I click into. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I mean, even right now I have one, two, three, I've got 14, different tabs open between mm, mm-hmm. two Google Google Chrome browsers and an Edge right. browser and my this, you know, and we're and we're recording, you know, we're recording this on Zoom because I like the way that Zoom breaks up audio and you get a two channel mix. You know, like and I make choices just like you do. And I for a long time had an IMAX sitting here and but yeah, I'm code switching all the time too. And I actually love it because I love understanding all of the technology. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And there was a while when I was like, oh, Google, you know, and I had a client who was like, we do stuff in Google Docs and we do, we have, and I yeah. was like, all right. And it forced me to learn oh. that same thing with Slack, you know, there's
0: always some, some, for me, what I found, before, whereas when I was working heads down in technology all the time, I would use the tools because I had to, right. Yep. In order to mm-hmm. be conversant. Now I find I'm much more of a, what's it going to do for me? Yeah. Right. right? Is right? it worth yeah. my time and investment? Um, to learn how to use this thing and as a result, what am I going to get out of it, you know, Sarah. like I'll give yeah. you a great and So props to Google on this one, you know, Sarah and I are oh my god We're in the depths of writing this book and right we write we use Google. We use a Google Drive We have a shared folder, you know, we're taking turns on the chapters um, So she'll finish it. She'll send me a message and go, okay, you know, I just finished the section on connections can you take a read? And so yep. then I'll go in and say, oh, we've got to, and she'll, she'll say, Nancy, I need you to write about person X here. I need you to mm-hmm. work, write about situation Y here, right? Yep. But there's no document going back and forth. It's live, yep. you know? And, Absolutely. and that is, I will say that wasn't my default mode, right? Yeah. It took me a while to get used to that.
1: Yeah. And, exactly. But
0: I, the value is enormous because like me and like you, she's balancing many other things. Yeah, you know um, but and I do think that you know and this is the it comes back to SharePoint right um, having this single space yeah you know having this single space to put all your stuff and then have many people work on it and have many revisions and many iterations it's so convenient to do that and I mean it it for me it allows me to you know build this business and work on these you know I'm not going to sound like a marketer, but these line extensions to our business in a way that fits my life. You know, I mean, I yeah. have an elementary and a middle school kid, right? Yeah. My husband just finishing up his master's of public administration. So we've been lucky because he's been able to be on point, particularly with our younger child. That's coming to an end because he's right. going to get a job, right? <laughs> and <Yeah. laughs> which is great. Yes. hey Andy. Uh, yeah. But... <laughs> Um, it also means that, you know, I am going to have to be even more tied down about, yeah. time. like right now, everything, if somebody asks me, oh, do you want coffee? Can you talk about X? Can you do Y? I have to put it through a lens of where is it going to fit in my schedule? And by the way, my schedule stops cold at two o'clock. Right. Right. Because I've got to go down and sit on that playground and watch Joe run around.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, and,
0: and then I can go back online later people's lives um and this is this is what at at the swing shift that we really work on you know people's lives are not as straightforward as i go to work i work at work i go home i get up i do it again right they're enriched yeah. by these bigger services and 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 the, these bigger opportunities that having a family and, you know, being responsible for more than just yourself entails, right? And the tools and technologies that are out there are enabling that. And I see that as an incredibly important thing. And sometimes I think that people need to catch up with it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Take advantage of it. You know what I mean? Like they don't even really necessarily know it exists. And it's like, well, you know, like I started using zero, uh, an intermittent fasting app. And I have Mm -hmm. another app that I use for, you know, making sure I meditate. And and so it's, it's, it's productivity of stuff that I don't forget anything because I put everything in my calendar. But I also in thinking about, you know, everybody juggling everything. It's like, how do we, and it's silly that how do we remember to relax or to be good to ourselves or all of that? But you know what? Sometimes you need a little help there too.
0: You do. You do. And I will say I schedule that time. Yeah. I, yes, and that's the beauty of running your own business, right, mm-hmm. is that, true, true. you know, yes. I mean, my day is, you know, I get up, I, I feel like I'm going to burst into song with that, hair, you know, the, the, the song that starts out Russian doll, right, but I uh, <laughs> gotta get up, gotta get out, <laughs> but, you know, yeah. I mean, like, I gotta get up, I have yeah. to walk the dogs, I have to get my son up, I have to get him to school, I have to get my daughter to school, and yeah. then I can go for a run, and then I go to work, right? Yep. And that all happens before 9.30. Yep. And, and, and I feel like I, the reason I can do that is because I have the flexibility. And I say 9.30 um, aspirationally. Sarah will tell you <laughs> it's usually 10. Uh, <laughs> you know, but then, right. you know, um, I work like a dog until 2.15. I race down the street to get Joe we get home at 4.30, I can go back online for a couple of hours. I will say the other thing for me, and this is something that I've learned, is it's important to turn off. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this, is, I say this as someone who was heads down on her career for about 20 plus years. Um, I find that I am better at what I do when I take a little mental break from it every day right? I don't wake up in the middle of the night going, oh my God, what happens if this happens? You know, I still worry about what's going to happen with the business. Sure. I'm like, oh, what if we don't turn a profit this year? What if the BIC doesn't get picked up? What if we have a dissatisfied customer? Yes, of course, I worry about those things, but I found I don't have that luxury anymore, right? I have to think about what if Joe isn't you know, catching on in school. What if Elizabeth isn't going to get into the class that she wants to get into? She's heading into high school, and that's a whole new ball game, right? How is my mother, who lives on the other coast? How is my mother doing? How is her health, right? How is my extended family? I, I you're busy thinking about all these other things, and you have to incorporate them. And so that mm-hmm. for that for me, at least at this stage, um, yeah. those are things that I I I feel very strongly that any, anybody who's got those things on their plate should be able to incorporate them. Yeah. And, and I will say one thing, and because I, I see a lot of this, it's an either or thing, right? You either go to work and you're the superwoman and you job out everything or you stay home. I reject that. I, I think that you can, you can do it all along that spectrum. If you want to stay agree. home, do it, right? Yep. And enjoy it and invest in that, right? Absolutely, and, and it's go, a
1: huge job too.
0: It's huge. It's huge. I will <laughs> yeah. say, for it wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. I was standing on the street, looking up the street and looking down the street, and saying, "Where are all the grown-ups? Oh my God! <laughs> um, I need to go back to work."
1: Not that right. I didn't
0: like having that time. Yeah. Uh, from uh, in my case, I had to. Right. I, yep. I, yeah. Joe needed a little more than Elizabeth did. My parents needed me and I did what I needed to. And I'm glad that I did that. I am happier. And I think anybody who knows me will tell you that I am happier working. Right. But there, I have my friend, my best friend, Adrian, who lives in the Bay area, went back six weeks after her second daughter was born. And she said, I thought I was going to take six months. I really like to work, you know, and I don't, but I think that it, it, it historically it's been one or the other. And I think, given where the US labor force is going, you can't ignore this 45% block in the middle, right? These are people who want to work, right? They have skills, they're being ignored right now. And by the way, I think companies really need to think about it as a holistic solution. Oh, listen to me. Mm -hmm. Um, You can't just say and put it on the woman, right? These are families, right? And so why are they not Saying we've got a family situation here, we've got a man and a woman with some kids. They're both super productive. How do we recalibrate things so that we can retain them?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and it, I think it is a way that employers are you know lo- need to look at things and hiring managers and all of that. It's like you know they're like oh we can't find people, and it's like well maybe you're not looking. Well, that's nonsense. The they're not looking in yeah. the right place. You
0: know, yeah. I think they. I, I think about companies that are coming up, like there's a, comp- a really interesting company called whole story. Mm-hmm. And what they're doing is they're working on a tool um, that uncovers non traditional candidates, including women who've taken breaks and veterans. Right. And daylighting them to hiring managers.
1: Wow. Right? Because
0: cool. they don't fit the, you know, they don't fit yeah. the traditional mold and yet they have the attributes and skills that these hiring managers. Make.
1: Right. That's amazing. That yep. As it should be. Um, I, it's so funny. I always usually ask about wellness and how you take care of yourself, and you totally covered that. So I'm so glad you went into that and talked uh, about it.
0: Well, you know, I mean, I'm saying it's, no, it's, it's good. It's, it's a good. it's from a place of extreme personal vanity. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, well, no, actually, I you know, I like to run. It clears my head. Um, I yeah. do the podcasts when I run. That's when I listen to them. Yeah. Um. And you know, a lot of people talk about self care, and that that's kind of it. I mean, that's, that's my 45 minutes a day, but Mm -hmm. it's enough.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, it's, that gets you back on the track for sure. And that's awesome. And so, you know, you kind of answered my last question that I usually ask earlier, but I'm going to ask it again and see if you want to add to it. It's about sparks and moments and Mm -hmm. you pinpointed one earlier. Um, with the financial talk that you had and yep. I was wondering is there another one that you might want to share with our audience that you're like you know That was another one in my life that really changed things or Brought me to this moment right now in this in this time for you. Oh, yeah there, I mean there's there's probably a gazillion, but you know there's a gazillion, <laughs> but I, I, there,
0: I think there's two or three that are apt I mean and I alluded to this But when I came on board at IDC that was for me, that was my first real job where I went, I'm gonna work on a Saturday. I'm gonna really invest in this job. And it was having the conversation with my manager who said, You know, we, we think that you can be successful at this, but you have to show us. And I saw what everybody else was doing and I thought, I think I can do this. But I had to really hunker down and do it. Um, And then it's a lot, I have a lot of fondness for IDC partially because that's where I started but partially because it was a really fantastic team of people. One of my um, colleagues and friends there, a guy named Lee Doyle, one day we were talking and I had mentioned to him, you know, that I was talking to Microsoft. And I said, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I want to do this or not. And Lee said, Nancy, you'll never know if you don't try. And he said, yeah. and, and, and he was like, I don't want you personally to go because I would like to come back to New England. I was living in California at the time. But he said, you, you have to go see what is out there. And for me, that was a, it, it, it really clarified for me, like, go out and try it. And if it doesn't work out, I can figure something else out. But, you know, I, I mean, I'm from a, you know, I'm a first generation college graduate. Um, There there weren't a lot of examples in my family that I could look to to say, oh, how do I go have this very different kind of life? And so having that guidance from a peer and a friend and somebody that I still have tremendous respect for. um, And then, you know, and these are all the positive kinds. There's negative ones too, where, you know, you see people behaving in a way or doing things where you think, well, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. You know, I don't know what it is I'm going to do, but it isn't going to be like that.
1: Um, <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: But those, yep. you know, those, I think, you know, and, and at Microsoft, I mean, and you and I worked with some really fabulous people, but you know, I look at guys like um, Russ Stockdale, Stan Sorensen, Gita Sparrow-Stukas, those were all people who I worked with and I would have fascinating conversations with them about career and the role of gender and how people were being evaluated. And in every case, they just said, yeah, you've got to, you know, yep, you're going to have to put a little bit of extra heat in, but that's okay because you're gonna right. them, you are work hard, you're smart. And they were right. Yep. Right. I mean, that's, those, those are like random examples, but I think very apt. And it's yeah. very, and not to go on too long, but, you know, now working in this space, very different industry. I mean, I'm doing, consu- I'm doing consumer-facing work. My background yeah. is in enterprise and B2B, right? right? It's been so interesting and so educational to figure out, well, how do you market direct to consumers, right? What is the role of enterprise in that? What do people care about? What do they respond to?
1: Yeah. How do you do
0: it in a way that you, you can say, I hear what you're saying, and there needs to be a reciprocal financial arrangement?
1: You know, yeah. I have a lot of people saying,
0: oh, you should just offer your services for free. Well, you know, that's not going to happen, right? You're a for-profit <laughs> business.
1: <laughs> yes, I, the, the, uh, the, the freebie and yeah, that, that's in consultative work and that a lot of times you get a lot of that. But you know what? There, there is a lot of worth and I pay for coaching. I pay for classes. I pay to level up uh, my own skills
0: and, and it, it it's but it is, it is. And at the same time, Heather, it's been very educational to see yeah. what what is the price elasticity sure. of this in a marketplace where women, you know, like I look at this and go, you know, on average, a woman will spend twelve hundred bucks a year on her hair, but she won't spend it on her career. Yeah. Right. And I, at some level, that's one of the 800 questions that I want to have answered. Like, well, why do you invest in that? but Not in that, you know, Mm -hmm. and some of it, sometimes, you know what, the finances are super limiting, right? Uh, You know, because coming from tech backgrounds, the salaries are good and there's a certain standard of living. But let me tell you, working with the swing ship, we have worked with everyone in every situation you can imagine, good and bad, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And there's a common experience, right? They've taken a break, they wanna go back, they wanna shift, they need to know how to do it, their confidence is maybe a little bit low, but it's not because, oh, they're insecure, it's because they need to remind themselves, and this is why we do in cohort models, they need to be reminded, you have this incredible set of skills and this is how you talk about them and this is how you talk about them in the a way that's going to have somebody hire you and we see this over and over and over and over again right yeah. so you know we we're hoping that as we grow particularly you know as we have our e-learning series and this book that comes out we want to you know that's how we're going to make it a- available in a in an affordable manner
1: yeah absolutely uh, across the spectrum that's awesome <laughs> Oh, what a delight to talk to you. you! know it's
0: always nice to talk to you.
1: <laughs> and excited about the book, excited about the e-learning class, and all, um, all y'all. Uh, we'll put everything in the show notes uh, about swing shift and how to connect with Nancy, and you know, just continue hearing about the goodness that's going to come. And I definitely—you'll um, see her stuff on my social as well um, because I love what you and Sarah are doing. Please say hello to her to me. I will I see her. So that's great. I so nancy thank you so much uh it is all your fault and uh i appreciate you <laughs> so much I well, you, like you.
0: you know what's gonna happen is i'm gonna come down and go i'm crashing on your couch i'm gonna <laughs> go get some sunshine let's go have a cocktail
1: okay anytime anytime the door <laughs> is open for sure thank you so much nancy I
0: appreciate all right it. talk to you soon
1: Absolutely. Everyone, that has been another episode of the Mavens Do It Better podcast. And here's to another big, beautiful day on this blue spinning sphere. Thank you. The original music on this podcast was created by Jesse Case.